0: Before I start today, uh, I have a message that I wanted to share with you. I do not do politics, but we have a proposal that is coming this November that has to be voted down, all right, and it is Proposal 3, so if you are ready, I'm going to have them play this and then I'll be back. I just want to say as a pastor it's sad that we even have to look at something like this being presented to us it breaks my heart and as I read about the sacrifice of children in the Old Testament I cannot help but think this isn't far from that and if we give this kind of Liberty to people they will use it do you think God can bless a state let alone a nation that practices this I believe no and that's why I've allowed this to be presented today because it's it's important amen? amen let's pray father thank you again for loving us so much that you sent your son the ultimate sacrifice once and for all he paid for our sins And Lord, we pray for this state, we pray for this nation, that we would honor you, Lord, that we would honor your commandments, that we would live like Jesus lived, that we would love like Jesus loved, and that we wouldn't take advantage of the freedoms that you've given us to sin, even to commit murder. Lord, today we ask that you would just take the blinders off of people. Help them to see the truth, Lord, for what it is. Bring this nation back to a place where you are supreme. Lord. Lord, we lift this nation, this state, this church, Lord, here in Gaylord, Michigan, up to you today. Have your way with us. Bless this message, Lord. Touch this man's lips as I present it. And Lord when it's all said and done, we pray you would be blessed, that you would be pleased. In Jesus' name, amen. I did forget to mention that if you're able to help tomorrow, would you please sign up at the guest service? And I'm talking about the Adopt-A-Highway. Okay, Good good morning. I think I recognize everybody in here. Nobody no. No brand new faces, maybe some old faces. I, I don't mean old in the sense. Len, <laughs> your boys are like giant. <laughs> it's like, wow. Are they six foot? Close to it? Wow, they have grown. So today, uh, we are going to continue this uh, message that I started last week on the Trinity. This is part two of The Adorable Godhead, The Importance of the Trinity. And hopefully last week it it helped you just to get an idea of who the Trinity is, who God is. Is God bigger than us? Is He infinitely smarter than us? So what that tells me is we shouldn't struggle too much with ideas that are this big we just have to by faith believe this is the way god said it is so can we trust him yes Yes. and i'm just trying to point out some obvious evidence that contributes to the idea of the trinity god the father god the son and god the holy spirit and i just i just wanted to bring up just a few little tidbits that i brought up last week And then I will begin the the message for today. First of all, all three persons in the Godhead are equal. Say that with me. All three persons in the Godhead are equal. None of them hold a lower position. They are all equal. That leads into this. We cannot degrade the Godhead to man's way of thinking. Often we try to do that. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We must maintain that. Isaiah said this, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know, when someone comes to me and says, why would God sacrifice his son Jesus to pay the price for us? if he's so intelligent if he's so smart i point them to this does it matter he feels it had to happen somebody had to pay the ultimate price and that's why he sent jesus we may not understand it but it had to be this way can i get an amen God is holy. He is all-powerful. And the three persons found in the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all have the same mission. What is that mission? I said this last week. To see all men come into a relationship with Him. That's what God is all about. It started in the garden with adam and eve he started a relationship with them until when sin entered the picture and we are still bound by that sin today the attributes of each person of the trinity must remain pure and absolute why does the trinity matter Well, I want to look at the Old Testament today. And I I do feel that it promotes this idea of the three in one. At the very beginning, what's the first book? Genesis. Genesis. In the first chapter of Genesis. The Bible introduces the idea that God is uniquely Trinitarian. God begins with nothing, right? Genesis 1-2... And there, it describes how the Holy Spirit was hovering over the deep waters, and then the miraculous occurs. And I, I've shared this word before. I I put it up behind me, ex nihilo, which is what? Out of nothing. That's what that word means out of nothing God spoke in the earth and the sky and all that we see when we walk outdoors was created from his speaking it into existence remember Brian Lidbeck he spoke this summer while we were on sabbatical one of my former professors he said this he said the passage is emphasizing the actual powerful presence of god who brings the spoken word into reality by the spirit thus the spirit and the word work together to present how the one god is responsible for all that is seen in the physical universe god spoke it Prior to that, it wasn't there. After he spoke it into existence, it became reality. Another scholar, Ronald Hines, said of this, one of the important conclusions that later theology based on the creation story, at least in part, is that God alone exists without beginning. There's no other God like this. Only Yahweh, only the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, only Jehovah holds this place that He existed before anything existed. God alone exists without beginning. Everything else is created by Him and has a beginning. Look at your neighbor and say, You had a beginning. this fact is so important were it not for god nothing would exist there would only be darkness there would be no genetics to jump off from no interspecies evolution and i use that term loosely no stars bursting in the outer realms in the different galaxies but god but God, there would be nothing. What happens in verse 26 is where things begin to get interesting, at least for the human race. The writer of Genesis reveals God's nature is not unlike man's nature. Out of all the other creatures that God made, and, and there's some pretty cool ones. If you look around us, I mean, oh, wow. Wow. I saw a guy the other day, that I don't know if it was a pet, it must have been his pet, he had a panther, he was in the pool, enticing the panther to jump on him, and they were playing in this pool, as the panther jumped on him, and they're rolling around in the water, and I'm like, wow, it's really cool that he's doing that, not me. Man was special. If your neighbor isn't too sore, poke him and say, you're special. Maybe hit the other side this time. You are special. Genesis one twenty six. Then God said, let us, and that's my red ink there, let us make human beings in our image. To be like ourselves they will reign over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky the livestock all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground I, i just love that description how many have been experiencing some of those small animals scurrying along the ground and trying to get in your house and between the spiders and the mice it's like ah They just want to get warm what's interesting about this verse though if you really look at it and again pointing to the red ink is it appears that god is speaking to himself (laughs) when he said let us make the necessary clarity to what is taking place in verse 26 is not provided until much later in the new testament canon we read in chapter one of the book of john and i've shared this recently that jesus is none other than what the logos the voice of god as the cornerstone biblical commentary describes this he said this he said the gospel of john clarifies that the god of creation is the what living word the second person of the trinity john 1 3 through 4 in the darkness of the deep the spirit hovered preparing for the effectual creative word of god this is the pattern that fits all of god's works the spirit is at work when the word is given this passage shows that the father is at work by way of the holy spirit and the son where one speaks and the other carries out the commands of the father which leads to the work of his creation we're a part of that human beings are a large part of that and then that intense moment where genesis describes God forming Adam. And Adam simply means the first man. One cannot avoid the obvious fact that something extraordinary is taking place here. Humanity is given life through the very breath of God. According to the scriptures, man is the only creature on this earth who was created in the image of God, in the imago Dei. According to Donald Withrop, life comes because of God's Spirit. And he said this, the Hebrew Old Testament word used for spirit, and it sounds like somebody's kind of bringing up phlegm, is the word (laughs) rach. Rach, rach. I'm I'm saying it much too quickly. I've had coffee today. Ruach, a feminine word also meaning breath. The Spirit is understood as God's very breath, which can create and give life, as in the case of the creation of the world, Genesis one and breathing life into Adam after the man was created from the dust, Genesis 2-7. Withrop later points out that this vocabulary is somewhat ambiguous meaning it has double meaning because it represents the spirit of god as an inanimate power rather than a personality and this is this is one of those areas where we've got to be really careful his point matters because of the discussion that we've already had the three persons of the godhead cannot be relegated to subordinate positions or ranks because that leads to what we talked about this last week polyth, poly poly polytheism which is what having multiple gods poly means multiple theism is god if god is one as the bible proclaims how we see and understand the son and the holy spirit is essential for a healthy model how we see god after adam and eve sinned and were banished from the garden we read this in genesis 3:22 then the lord god said look the human beings have become and i should have put that in red like us knowing both good and evil what if they reach out take fruit from the tree of life and eat then they will live forever now we've talked about this before why why did god even mention this because adam and eve had sinned and if they began to eat from the tree of of life meaning what they would live forever they would live forever in what sin because up to that point There was no sacrifice made for that. And God, having mercy on them, said no. No longer can they eat from that. And he ended up kicking them out of the garden in simple terms. They couldn't stay in the garden any longer. They couldn't continue that direct relationship with God because they had sinned against him. Again, the Lord is described in this verse in the plural sense of us. What does that mean? This is the one God who we serve calling himself us. Kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? Anybody else, or is it just me? You're really quiet. <laughs> After the writer moves on from Adam and Eve, Genesis is silence on the multifacets of God for several chapters. Then we get down to Genesis 18, where I believe we see a direct identification of the Trinity. Genesis 18, 1 and 2. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and he noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them, and he welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. Now immediately, Abraham knew there was something different about these three. You don't just bow down to anybody. In his own right, he was a leader. He was someone to be bowed to. Bowed down to. But here he's bowing down to these three men who just showed up at his tent and if you read it a little bit further it actually says he offers them all kinds of things to make them comfortable so the big question here is who are these three men if they're men at all the point is abram refers to them as lord i'm going to use a big word here is that okay Christian theologians have seen adumbrations. What? Of the doctrine of the Trinity in the biblical narratives. Adumbrations is the act of giving the main facts, but not the details of something. That's what's happening here. In the Old Testament, for example, they point out what we just read. The appearance of the three men to Abraham was held by the fathers of the church in the 1st century, 2nd century, and so on. From the beginning of Christendom, the early fathers felt that these three men represented the Trinity. They were a foreshadow of the revelation of the threefold nature of God. This becomes very important when one considers that Abraham was to be the first in a, a long line of succession which God would pour himself into by protecting, guiding, even performing the miraculous on their behalf. This moment in time becomes gargantuan. I couldn't come up with a bigger word. This is important. Why? Why? Because it was through Abraham that God's promises were birthed. Hallelujah. Now, in Genesis 18, 17 through 19, listen to this. God speaking, Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him i have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the lord by doing what is right and just that i will do for abraham all that i have promised so do you see that what's happening here this is the covenant that god cut with abraham that out of your lineage i'm going to provide salvation redemption and all men will be forgiven those who put their faith and trust in jesus but that wouldn't have happened were it not for this man and his family abraham began this whole thing and what i need to point out here if you haven't already seen the obvious Who is God talking to here? Now listen. I find myself sometimes. I'm home alone. I'm working. And I talk to myself. All right? (laughs) I'm not going to make excuses. It happens. And then I go, well, that's weird. There's nobody here. I don't entertain myself though by the way I don't tell myself jokes or any of that kind of stuff but every now and then when things maybe don't go the way I thought they should I'll start talking to myself I just hope nobody comes up behind me would God do this does God need to talk to himself (laughs) I think not so what is happening here should I hide my plan from Abraham who is he talking to we just saw three men described abraham pointed to him and said lord he's talking to himself but he's talking to father son holy spirit does this make sense to anybody besides me Dr. Lidbeck again points out this close identification with the Spirit in creation suggests that the same Spirit continues to act on behalf of the chosen seed, meaning Abraham. When one considers that God's creation plan stems directly from His promise to Abraham, this relationship between the three that we saw just a minute ago and the seed The three and the seed. Say that with me. The three and the seed. This relationship between them takes on significant meaning. Now I'm going to throw you off a bit. I would be remiss not to bring up Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Here we go. Got it up here for you. You ready for this? The Shema. Listen, O Israel. Say it with me. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. How many of you have prayed this prayer? Amen. On this passage, Merle said, commonly called the Shema after its first word, meaning. Pay attention. That's what it means. This constitutes the very heart of the Old Testament and Jewish faith. It is Israel's doctrinal confession in its most essential form. If you talk to a Jewish person, they're going to tell you, they will know this. All right? They will know what the Shema is, they'll be able to repeat that to you. It is Israel's doctrinal confession, I already said that, from a covenant perspective. It is the cardinal principle of which all else is interpreted for them. Knowing that the Shema is the heart of Jewish faith and their cardinal doctrine, one must acknowledge what is lacking here. What is it? What's lacking? Hello? pardon yeah why is the trinity that's what's missing why is this important well i'm going to explain that to you and i'm going to actually jump forward just a little bit And i'm going to talk more about this next week but you can look back at the old testament and you can see the evidence for the father son and holy spirit They, they they work together and I've already explained how that happens. But the Jewish people would not have been privy to this. That becomes obvious when we look at John 10:10, 10, 10, or excuse me, 10:30. Jesus said of himself, <laughs> say it with me: the Father and I are one. Hmm. Not a big deal, right? would that rock your world let me go back listen O israel the lord is our god the lord alone you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your strength jewish people did not understand the trinity when jesus said this what happened they began to accuse him of all kinds of stuff. and You can see this discourse in verses 31 to 39. Basically, they were going to were gonna try to kill him. They all began to gather stones up, which was a common thing back then. It shouldn't surprise us, though, because they didn't understand the Trinity. So one can only surmise that God worked in and through the Hebrew people to carry out his salvation plan for all men. The Old Testament is replete with examples of how the God had worked and moved in harmony toward carrying out this redemptive purpose. The restoration after the creation and the fall. One can only conclude from the first 39 books of the Old Testament that God thought we were special. Very special. And as I said, next week I'm going to talk more about this, the adorable Godhead. Why does the Trinity matter? I'm going to get into the New Testament, which should bring a little more clarity to this subject. But today... I just want you to know that the scriptures make it clear god loves us that the scriptures make it clear that father son and holy spirit are all in the same business to see men come to salvation god wants all men to be saved he desires for no one to perish in their sins and that's why god sent as i begin to close For god loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life again this represents two of the godhead god loved the father loved and by the way when you read this hopefully you understand that god didn't love the world the physical earth as you read on it actually says so that everyone meaning what he's talking about people this is just an english translation god intends us to realize that he's talking about how special people are to him he wants every one of us to spend eternity with him and he provided the way through Jesus how special are you you are so special that God wants a relationship with you yes he wants one with me and with Dave and with Debbie and with Tammy, he wants one with Don. he wants one with Roger, he wants one with everybody. Don't get hung up on the fact that he points to the world. If he could have, he would have put your name in there. But it wouldn't have made a lot of sense. It would have taken a lot of, a lot of space if he'd listed all people. And that's why he just calls us the world. But the fact that the godhead father son holy spirit the fact that god wants a relationship with us should excite us (laughs) right you know if if and this is a really weak representation of god and i don't mean because of who's in the office just using the presidency, not any names, any president. That position is thought of as a a really high place, right? And if the president president of the United States wanted to just come and hang out with you, how would you feel about that? Any president you wanted to be with, just, Wouldn't you get pumped? I mean, you see the the, the state police cars in front of them, all those limousines or or Tahoe's or whatever, and then the president shows up. Norm, my man, how you doing? High five. Let's hang out today. Most of us would be like, yeah, I'm cool. Now let me translate that to the Godhead, (laughs) the master of the universe, the one who created everything out of nothing, the one who created us out of dirt, (laughs) that's no small feat, the one who breathed life into us, (laughs) am I saying that right? Is it close enough? (laughs) Anyway, listen to it online. R U A C H. God created us. Why? Because He wanted a relationship with us. Did that end after the garden was disrupted? Did it end after sin came in? We talked about this at our Bible study last Wednesday. Is Jesus plan B? No. He is plan A. God knew from the beginning that the Logos, the Son, was going to have to do this to take our place. He was the only one that could. It had to be a pure, sinless offering and Only Jesus could do that. And God sent him to take our place. Why? Because he wanted us cleansed of our sins so that we could have a relationship with him. And he with us. God is holy. God is pure. He cannot be around or sin cannot be in his presence what happens when sin is in his presence what it's it's burned up it's god can't put up with sin so what happens when he looks at us what he sees jesus He sees the blood of Christ, the righteous righteous cloak of Christ is put over us. And when we step into the Father's realm, He doesn't see our sin. He sees His Son in us. That's why you have to say yes to Jesus. You have to invite Him in to your heart. holy spirit takes up residence in you we're going to talk about this more next week you must repent of your sin that word repent simply means to do a 180 to turn around and rather than run away from god you run to him would you stand with me I don't know if anyone in this room needs to hear this today. Maybe there's somebody online today listening and and you don't understand this, but I'm telling you. Exercise your faith. The scriptures tell us you must be born again or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said, well, how can I go back into my mother's womb? You can't. What Jesus was referring to was a spiritual thing. You must be born again. Your spirit must be cleansed. And that happens when you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. According to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we become new. The old man is dead. The new man comes from that relationship comes from that moment when when god says you are forgiven and he puts his cloak over you (laughs) it's simple but it's profound i don't want to try to make something small out of this because it's not little it's big what's that word i used it's gargantuan God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for you and me. And by our placing our faith and trust in Jesus, we become whole. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And when you pass from this life to the next, you will have a home in heaven forever. But those who reject Jesus who say I don't need that they will not be allowed into heaven and Jesus said this no one can come to the Father but through the Son and that's what he's talking about you must be born again heads bowed if you're here today and you'd say pastor I I need Jesus I need to be forgiven of my sins, Lord. You know my heart. You know everything that I've done. I can't hide anything from you. So today, on October the 9th, 2022, I confess my sin to you. If that's you right now, I just want you to lift your hand. Lift your hand. Hallelujah. Hands going up. Thank you. Anybody else? Lift them up. If this, You just need this prayer yes you can put them down hallelujah father we thank you for what you've done for us we thank you for father son and holy spirit each one lord each person in the trinity we need you all of you not just compartmentalized parts Lord, I pray for everyone that raised their hand today. I pray that you would speak to them as only you can, that you would usher them into your kingdom as only you can, that as they give themselves to you today, that you would welcome them and show them the way. And as a church, I'd like to pray with those who raised their hand. And if that was you, you pray this loud enough so your own ears can hear yourself. Because I believe Jesus is here. God said he would be in our midst wherever two or more agree on anything. He will be there. Pray this with me if you meant business. You want to see a change in your life. You want to give God your all in all. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for thinking I'm special. So much so that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sin. I repent, Lord. Forgive me of all the wrongs I've done. And those I'll probably do. Hopefully not intentionally. Lord, I need you. I need Jesus' righteousness. I need forgiveness. So I cry out to you today. Have your way with me, Lord. And make me that new person. I want to be born again. In the Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. And Lord, as you forgive me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. This place is holy ground now prepare me lord to make a place for you to live in me i give you my all in jesus name amen would you give the lord a hand today we go out into this world today tomorrow the rest of this week next week it wears us down. But when you rest in the King, when you put your trust and your faith and yourself in His hands, there's no better place to be. But it takes something from you to do that. You have to be intentional. So don't just go out of here thinking, well, that's it for this week. No, this is just the start. Start. Spend time with Him. When you're driving into school or work, just have that conversation. Hopefully nobody's right around you. Or they'll think you're talking to yourself, but whatever. Just find a place where you can just be intimate with Him. Because that's what He wants. He wants to love on you and share things with you that you didn't already know. That's the kind of God we serve. Again, next week, we'll look at the New Testament and the trinity but in the meantime father thank you again just bless our people lord and their coming and going help us to be a strong witness to the love that you've shared with us let us share our testimony lord with those who need it most lord bless this church as we uh, go to fleming farms today keep us all safe and lord uh, we just love you and we just want to honor you with our very being today To God be all the glory and all the praise for all good things that are accomplished. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we look to you for our very source today. We pray this all again in the strong and precious name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, God bless you. Grab somebody you don't know and say, hey, you're special, I want to meet you. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus.